0: The
1: Dateable Podcast is an insider's look into modern dating that the Huffington Post calls one of the top 10 podcasts about love and sex. On each episode, we'll talk to real daters about everything, from sex parties to sex droughts, date fails to diaper fetishes, and first moves to first loves. I'm your host, UASU, former dating coach, turned dating sociologist. You'll also hear from my co-host and producer Julie Kraftchik as we explore this crazy dateable world. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a brand new episode of The Dateable Podcast, where we not only discuss modern dating, but we also like to immerse ourselves in the trends that are going on, the sociological perspective of modern dating, the academic perspective perspective and
0: what better way to do that than to talk to someone that's been on 800 first dates there holy you go shit. holy <laughs> shit i'm so tired just even thinking about it so i wanted to do an exercise last night this is back of the napkin math okay of how many dates I have been on in my lifetime. First, First dates. dates. Uh-huh. And it's really hard because it's, you know, some of them go to second date. It's really hard to do. But anyways, this is my back of the napkin math. There's 52 weeks in a year, right? Mm-hmm. I think at some points in my life, I was going on more than one date in a week. And then mm-hmm. other points, I was going on zero, whether that was I was in a relationship, focused on other things, in a depression because of a breakup. Like, there were many reasons that I yeah. went on zero dates. But let's say for all intents and purposes, one date a week for 52 weeks. Okay. Okay. So I started really dating when I was 27. Like before then, it was very much like casual hookups. I wasn't using dating apps. I think I would probably let's stay let's say for all intents and purposes, we'll start when I was 27. Mm-hmm. Met my now partner at 37. So that's 10 years of 52 a week. I'm going to take out roughly three to four years conservatively. Wow, this is very scientific. <laughs> <laughs> I really did think about this three to four years, I'll say because of you know, I was in a relationship for like a year, then it went on af- on and off for a bit had another mini relationship that kind of was like a year ish, all said and done getting over it and being in it long distance the whole deal. <laughs> (laughs) And then I would also say I was in a deep depression for one year after the breakup that I didn't date at all. So five to six years roughly dating times 52. So that's like 250 to 300. That's a lot.
1: Yeah, but that's your lifetime.
0: It might not be right. Like, I don't know. It's hard to really estimate. Clearly, our guest today, Brooke, actually was jotting these down. And she did have an a, a semi-accurate estimate. She also agrees, like, it may be a little more potentially or less. But <laughs> she was saying it might be actually more than 800. But UA, you knew Brooke in New York City. And yeah. you've told me about her for years. She's been a legend on Dateable, at least between <laughs> you and I.
1: <laughs> and I knew her before the 800 even started started so she's been on way more first dates in her lifetime this 800 is since the onset of tinder
0: oh my god yeah so she's been on like a thousand at least (laughs) yeah (laughs) at least. least
1: Yeah. Easily. Because even when I knew her before online dating, she was going on five or six
0: dates a week. So yeah, definitely. You would tell me about her that she would go on like brunch uh-huh. date, coffee date, uh-huh. dinner date, drink date, like it would be multiple in a day. And I've just been like, wow, I'm just I can't imagine this. This is beyond because I've definitely done the double booking thing. But this is like next level.
1: Have you done the double booking though? Like actual
0: double booking? Oh, absolutely! Have done the double booking. So two people show up, not like at the same time. Like I booked them at I don't know. I did like you've five done the back to, to back. six back to back. Yeah, okay. okay, that's what I include double booking. Okay, one night I didn't have like two people show up. Although remember you anyway, when we did that with Tinder Social, when it came out,
1: still one of my favorite most memorable nights <laughs> of online dating. For
0: anyone that doesn't remember, Tinder ran a brief. Experiment where they had group (laughs) dating, like group chats. And one night it was like me, UA, our friend Kat, who was single at the time, Mm -hmm. and our friend Deb, who was single at the time, Mm -hmm. and our friend Elsa, who had been in a relationship since college, that was just there living vicariously. She's there. She was like the one egging it on. She was like the one, like super into it. We had so many chats going. Was Kiana there? I don't think so. I think it was just us. Because I think there was four people in the chat. That was my thought. Okay. I think it was okay. groups of four. She must have been out of town or doing something else that day. We had her in a but. different
1: Tinder social. Yeah.
0: Yes, we did. Anyways. <laughs> We had all these chats. I feel like our convos were basically like just a bunch of memes going back and forth. Do you remember that? It was like no one was even talking in words. And then we told every group. I think we had like five groups that we were talking to. We told them all to meet us at this one bar in the hate area of San Francisco. Nikki's Bar. I still remember it to this day. Whenever I see that, I think about this night. We invited all these groups and only one showed up. So it actually worked out. The one showed up because it was
1: definitely deb's thing right it was like her No, th- we just
0: like picked them for her because we're like the like, oh she right. was attracted to them but like they didn't know that they thought we were like all into the group
1: <laughs> it was a real good time it was a real good time because hilarious.
0: we were hammered too <laughs> i mean obviously hammered.
1: <laughs> but aside from the the group dating we all had also individual oh matches yes. too Tinder you had matches. that guy come and I had, you had your oh yeah, this is the the infamous bloody nose guy, which I will not get <laughs> into on this episode. Point being, what was our point? Go <laughs> back to
0: rock bottom episode that was season seven for that story, but the one that said UA worst date ever was his Worst Tinder remarks. date
1: ever. Yes. Worst Tinder date ever. But what's our point in, in saying all of this? It was like, d- double booking. A how double booking. Okay. You yes, having, yeah. yes. Having multiple people show up in one night. Brooke was the epitome of making dating her job. Her job was... Her actual job came second to dating. She would... <laughs> <laughs> Everything kind of revolved around what she lined up for the day. And I do remember her just squeezing in some coffee dates in between meetings or like between lunch and her first meeting. It was absolutely brilliant and I don't know how she did it because she kept she somewhat kept everyone uh, yeah she was clear on who she was meeting she never got confused she didn't have a spreadsheet at that time either
0: she's a damn good memory yeah a
1: very good memory that's how she's able to balance it all I don't think I could ever do what she did it's still exhausting just to think about it But yeah, she is a legend for us. She has been on the most first online dates that
0: I personally know. Oh, yeah. I don't know anyone that's been on more. (laughs) I mean, even like my back of the napkin bath. And I think it's a little exaggerated. It probably isn't 300 or 250 to 300, whatever I said. But I mean, 800 is a lot more than that. (laughs) It's like three times. Exhausting. (laughs)
1: Exhausting. Because she was thinking, oh, if I go on five dates a week... But there were some weeks she
0: go- she was definitely going on more than five dates a week. And she met her husband when she was 31. So she also had less years that we're talking about, too. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Although she might have started earlier. It's hard to know.
1: It's hard to also what you count as a, as a date, right?
0: But it got her to the point of finding love. And, you know, I think everyone has their own method. That's what we've learned. It feels exhausting maybe to us, but as someone super extroverted, I love what we talk about in this convo of how she can see the fun in dating. So I'll say for that reason, I think even if you're like, I would never do this, it's worth listening to a different perspective because she felt very energized by dating. This did not exhaust her in any way.
1: No, no, she absolutely loved, loved it. And also being in <laughs> New York, it's much easier logistically to go from date to date because you could just meet them all in one neighborhood. And there you go. You're just booked for the rest of the night. And also, I think she just loves meeting new people, having mm-hmm. new experiences with something she really wanted in her life, especially during that time in her life. So I really appreciate that about her, her just curiosity for people, but yeah. uh, but also just the stories that she would it's not even about the men that she was dating it was just like the logistics of getting from date to date like having one guy <laughs> walk her to the next date or being late for one date and having to like bail out on this one early man that's the exhausting part
0: Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Every city has its uniqueness to it. But I feel like her experience is very New York in a way. You know, there's so many people. You know, even in San Francisco, I'm like, I feel like you like eventually would run out of people. I mean, not that there's less than 800, but you know what I mean. Like, New York is just such a huge city. With it being a huge city comes... Not necessarily seeing the same people twice, not having a lot of mutual connections, which also is why I think there's a lot of ghosting that happens. But I could see why she was able to pull so many people. As someone that you dated in New York for many years, like, how do you think New York is kind of its own beast?
1: What I loved about dating in New York, so I was also doing back of the napkin calculations as you were talking through (laughs) yours, I would... Say that I would, you know, I was in New York for seven years. Five of those were in a relationship, so really dating for two. And in those two years, I think I went on a hundred first dates in New York,
0: Damn. and then maybe fifty since moving out of New York. <laughs> so, <laughs> just shows you. I love it. It's like mine's like a span of ten years. You're like I got ninety percent of years in two years. Yeah.
1: In two years, because. What, what is so unique to New York is how diverse it is. And she does go into this in, in her conversation with us. It's like you could date someone who's in finance and someone who's an artist, someone who just moved there, someone who was born there. You just never date the same person twice. Mm. And part of my gripe with San Francisco when I moved there and Julie and I became friends, I I just kept meeting the same guy. Over and over again. In a different body. In a different body. (laughs) But same story of how they came to SF to pursue their tech dreams. Same education. Same outlook on life. And in New York, you just... It's like insatiable, the amount of newness that comes with that city. So you just want to keep going on first dates because you never know which neighborhood you're going to end up in. You never know what kind of person you're going to meet. You never know what kind of experience you're going to have along the way. And so I I get how she's able to do that because it is a very unique thing to new york
0: definitely i think there's a lot of really good that comes from that especially you know we do always say that having a serial dating phase is not a bad thing it definitely can teach you a lot about what you're looking for help you get more comfortable just in a dating environment like i know for me like i was definitely not someone that dated a lot before dating apps like i would meet the occasional person here or there or like have hookups or stuff like that but it wasn't As much dates. Like, I remember, Mm -hmm. like, even when I joined Match.com, I was, like, this was, like, when I was probably, like, 27, so it was a while ago, and I remember – this was pre-Tinder – and I remember thinking – Was I 27? I don't even remember. Probably 26, 27, because I moved to S725. And I remember being like, I appreciate just going out one-on-one with someone in a setting Mm -hmm. where I'm talking to them and I'm hearing about their life and vice versa. Instead of being in a crowded bar or just meeting casually through friends of friends, which is what I had been doing before. So I think there actually is a lot of really greatness that can come from dating that we forget because it can be painful, especially when you really want an outcome of a relationship and it feels like you're going on date after date and they're not progressing but having that period at least for me it definitely helped me get more confident helped me understand who I jived with and what was important like Mm -hmm. do you remember that in the time in New York with 100 people like did it help you or I could also see it going the other way if like everyone's so different that you're just like what do I even want anymore
1: Oh, I think there's definitely a part of that. I dated, there was one period when I was dating someone who was very established in their career, who was five years older and someone who was five years younger, who didn't know what the fuck they were one in life <laughs> but very spontaneous and fun and I dated both of them for a few months not knowing which one I preferred you know mm. it's very hard because you want the best of both worlds so I can see why people would want to juggle multiple people in New York and that's why it's notorious for a city where you don't want to settle down because you feel like you can get the perfect person by combining <laughs> <laughs> you know your harem of of people but what I do miss though and I'm not trying to out you Julie but you you did ask me, you are like, do you kind of miss going on first dates? And you didn't ask that question like you want to be with other people. But I get uh-huh. what you were asking because I, I feel it too. It's like I miss the first date jitters. And the excitement of like, I don't know what I'm going to get there. You know, nothing is predictable and it could go terribly, but it could also be so great too.
0: I know. I told my partner, I'm like, we should just go to bars and like pretend like we are on first (laughs) dates. And he's like, I don't know about that. (laughs) But I do, you know, like, again, I wouldn't like trade in the relationship I have for first dates. Absolutely not. But I do miss, because I also get energized by meeting people. Especially in one-on-one settings, I really do enjoy that. And, you know, I feel like I've been able to make new friends, which has kind of filled that void a little. But the older you get, it's hard to do that, too. So I feel like dating was that outlet that, like, allowed you to meet new people all the time. And just, you know, I think having your steady friends, your relationship, it's more fulfilling ultimately because those are deep connections. But you do find yourself talking about similar things, Where, when you meet someone new, it's just like a fresh take. And I miss Mm. that a bit.
1: Well, all of this is to say dating is a fucking privilege, y'all. Not yes. everybody has this yes. privilege. The fact that we can go on so many dates if we really wanted to, the fact that we can say we've had 800 first dates is a privilege. And that's partially why when Julie and I talk about this, it's almost like, oh, we kind of miss it. Not that we are we would give up our relationships for anything else, but it's, it is a privilege that, you know, you kind of miss when you don't have it
0: anymore. Yeah, I wish I appreciated it more when I was in the thick of yeah, it. Yeah. Because I totally yeah. get like now us being like, yeah, we're on the other side of it. Of yeah. course we miss it. But when you're in it, you're just like, oh my God, again, I don't want to do this. But at the same time, like there were nights that it was really fun. And especially if you can relinquish control of the outcome a little. I think for me, what I would do different if I were to do it again is be less concerned like, am I going to see this person again? Are they going to call me? mm -hmm. Just enjoy it for what it is. And if I only see them one night of my life, then so be it, you know? And that doesn't mean that you can't like want a relationship and be pushing for that, but it's okay if it's not that person. Like relinquishing control would have made my dating life more fun, I think, in the moment.
1: I miss getting ready for dates too. It's not (laughs) even about the person. The other day, my partner and I went out to a celebratory dinner and I got ready in 10 minutes. And I just remember being like, God, I used to like take an yeah. hour at least to get ready for dates. And I'd be you know, straightening my hair or curling my hair and getting a little nervous or getting a little excited. I miss the buildup to dates. And I don't, and like also, <laughs> this sounds so dumb, maybe, but Whatever you wear on first dates is always going to be new to that person. Yeah, they have not seen it. They're like, "Ooh, like this outfit," but you could have worn it five days in a row. They have no idea.
0: (laughs) Unless you're me and your date calls you on wearing the (laughs) outfit that you wore in your dating profile, because that happened to me on (laughs)
1: black romper.
0: The Rowback. I don't even remember what season that was on, but that's a good one. You know, I think it was, what was it called? It was First Date in 12 Years, because that was his, I was his first date in 12 years. So go to the archives, look that one up. That was a good one.
1: That's pretty funny. That's pretty funny.
0: (laughs) Well, I feel like we might as well get into it because Brooke can share her story better than (laughs) anyone else, and it is quite a story. So, before we get into it, at Dateable Podcast, find us on Instagram. Share this with a friend. You know, do you have a friend that's also gone on countless first dates? Are they feeling hopeful? hopeless, living vicariously through you now that they're out of it, but want to live fi- the vicariously through Brooke, send it along. You know, everyone can enjoy this. Yes. Okay. Before we get into it, let's take a minute for our sponsors. This episode is
1: sponsored by Quip. From treats to travel, good world care habits can fall by the wayside over the holidays. Quip makes it easy to stay on track by delivering all the healthy mouth essentials you need for the season and beyond. I've been using my Quip electric toothbrush for years now, and I can't imagine not having it by my side. First and foremost, I love that it's lightweight and sleek. There are no wires or bulky chargers, making it perfect for travel as well. I have the all pink metal version that just looks so great on my bathroom counter. You can also upgrade your Quip with a smart motor to track and improve your brushing and earn amazing rewards, such as free refills and gift cards. With stylish and affordable electric brushes starting at just $25, you won't be paying through the teeth for better oral health. Trust me, you've got to try it. Go to getquip.com slash dateable right now for your first refill free. Plus shop Quip's lowest prices of the year this holiday season. That's G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E. Quip, the good habits company.
0: Okay, let's hear it from Brooke all about her 800 first dates.
1: So many people write in and tell us that they need to write a book or they need to be on the podcast to tell us about how many first dates they've been on and their crazy dating stories. And there is one person (laughs) that we've had in our mind for so many years who is the queen of first dates. And she is gracing us with her presence today. I've known Brooke for over 10 years now. And I told Julie about Brooke, I think shortly after we met, because we were talking about doing this podcast. And I was like, Julie, there is this friend I have, and I swear she's been on almost a thousand first dates. And Julie didn't believe me at that time. And now she's seeing you and she is believing me. Yes. The legend.
2: I did the math at one point. I'm like, all right, if I did five dates, six days a week, some days, maybe a couple of days there was one night I actually did four activities in one night I I went to meet a friend for a happy hour I went to dinner and then I met a guy for a drink oh no I went to the gym too and I'm like I guess like getting out of work at five let's just say it was very uh, accommodating to my social life schedule so yes I did I was able to do a lot of dating still very efficient I needed a secretary at one point in my life (laughs) so
1: who is Brooke (laughs) she is 36 years old currently lives in London she's been there for over three years originally from Long Island and she is married with two kids her story is about going on 800 plus first dates until she found the one her fight for the fairy tale and she did find her one i have not met ryan yet but he seems lovely and he's brought her over to london to start a family together but let's go back in time if we got into one of it like time travel yeah like if we yes if we got into this machine and we went tell yeah. us about your dating life back in New York before you met your now husband?
2: I would say my dating life was almost basically a job that I enjoyed just as much as my job. I definitely love my work, but yeah, it would be fun when the clock hit five o'clock at the end of the work day. I'd be like, all right, who am I meeting tonight? I remember walking on dates and calling my grandma and she'd be like, which one is this one? And I'm like, shit, what's his name? Which one is this one? I'm like, I I don't know. Hold on one second. It was that bad, but it was, again, it was a fun chapter. At one point, I remember I had to clear my Tinder out because I think I had too many ma- I was like 2300 conversations that I had to clear oh out and God. restart <laughs> over again. At one point, yes I was at a bar and I remember standing there at Ainsworth and of course it was like the douchey sports bar that I always loved to go to and it was a revolving door and one guy came in and I'm like, I went on a date with that guy. The next guy who came in, I went on a date with that guy so yes, if you can get an idea <laughs> of what my New York dating life was like I basically, if you were, I hate to say it over six feet tall and around my age range in New York, I probably we went on to you at least had a conversation where
0: did you meet all these people like in
2: terms of the apps or like when we went out
0: I guess yeah did you meet them on apps did you meet them in the wild?
2: a lot of them are online I mean on meeting in the wild was very hard I mean I, the fact that I met my husband in the wild is more like unique than anything and I have one friend who's like you're not gonna meet these guys on these apps like what are you doing and it's funny I honestly I thought at the end of the day first of all like what else would I be doing with my time other than sitting home watching tv i might as well go out either meet people know what i want what i don't want i mean in terms of my expectations of whether these guys would turn into something i mean i had dates where i'm like oh my god that actually went really well and yeah of course i'd see him again but i think there's just again the revolving door of dating in new york i almost think is everyone just kind of dated and i don't know how it is now i feel like i'm so out of the game i don't know i'm imagining it's still the same for
1: a lot of people yeah i think everyone just kind <laughs> of like, recycles yeah. dates <laughs> Yeah, it could be. When you have thousands of messages on Tinder, Mm -hmm. how do you manage your time just scrolling through the messages? How do you keep everyone? I guess you couldn't keep track of them. No, but there were the ones, of course, we
2: all know the ones that we swipe right on. And then you get a match and you're like, your heart flutters a little. You're like, oh, this was the one I wanted. And then, of course, you prioritize those. And then, (laughs) you know, you start with that. And by the end of the night, boarding picks in. All right, let me go back to those other messages that I, like, didn't go through. And I'm not going to lie. There was a lot of copy paste going on. Hi, I'm 5'9". This is my story and what's your story and then you judge the responses and okay no not for me and I hate to say it and I'm sure you guys have talked about this but as shallow as it is yes me being tall height was a big thing and I would say if I was still single now would I still prioritize it no because obviously you learn as you get older that there are hmm. more important things in life but in terms of attraction obviously at that stage in my mid-20s late 20s still you know that was a big deal for me and my husband's 6'2 so okay. I can't be yeah, that I on that so I got lucky then <laughs> you know that was one of the again shallow qualities, I say that I I preferred. Yeah, you kind of sift through, and by the end of the night, yeah, maybe I'd have a few conversations that were actually going somewhere, and again banter, and you know you can kind of sift through the crap basically. So yes, I had to do a lot of sifting. To this day, I have a stepson also who's actually 13. He's amazed by the fact that I can like type without looking, and I'm like, yep, that's probably from the online dating apps.
0: It's all the practice I got. It is.
2: I mean, the fingers just do the (laughs) talking.
0: Did you have any other criteria outside of six feet that you were looking at as you were kind of sifting through all these? Of Of course. What was that?
2: Well, the funny thing was. I always like, I think if I think back, it's like, do you live in New York? You know, how tall are you? And But yeah, living in New York was a big thing because I joked at one point, the fact that I ended up with Ryan, my husband who lived in London, I'm like, I'd rather date someone in London than live, the guy who lives in Brooklyn. Like I would like cut out guys who lived in like outer boroughs, but like, no, if you didn't live in New York, like somehow you passed the test. If you lived in Brooklyn, you prioritize things differently. You like more space versus like being in the center of the action. And Not to say you're a hipster or whatever, but there's just certain different qualities Of a a person who lives in certain places. So yes, I'm just judging people based off that. I mean, again, you look back at how you kind of sift through these people and is it fair doing an online app? Obviously, you look at photos. I mean, we all kind of judge at the end of the day when we're sitting on an app, you're saying, Oh, that picture. And to me, the most impressive picture a guy could post on a dating app is him in a suit standing in front of like a boardroom or something. where like I was standing on at a podium and speaking. To me, that was like you have power. You have really
1: that's
0: what you were drawn to? I feel like that's very New York. That's very New York. That's very New York. That's very douchey.
2: (laughs) To be fair, I loved. Jersey. I felt like I never connected with the book smart guys. I love like the salesy people, the lawyers, the salesmen, the guys who like you can throw into a happy hour and they can just kind of like schmooze around. No, everyone has their type everyone who's met him. He's Canadian. He's like the most gentleman. I always said, if I left the room and left my man with my friends, if I came back with, he'd be friends with everyone and start up a conversation and like Ryan's that type of person. So yes, that type of quality in a person is what I find attractive. Yes. I'm
1: totally New York UA. What can I tell you? (laughs) (laughs) And we will get to your husband because I still think it's interesting how you and your husband met, but we'll get to that. I still want to go back to all the online dating You did Tinder primarily, yes?
2: Yes, so we're talking about like 2015,
1: 2016, 2017. Yeah, around that time. Okay. So primarily Tinder, what was your methodology about getting them from online to offline? See, I was very active about that. I think some
2: people kind of wait for the guy to ask. I'm like, okay, what's your schedule like? Like, when can we meet? I have no problem asking a guy. I don't like wasting my time. And I actually think I even said that. I think there's something on my profile that said, like, I don't like wasting my time or yours kind of thing. But yeah, it wasn't that hard for me actually to kind of like go to the next stage the way that some people are and I think maybe because I kind of hinted at okay when are we meeting and if I got vibes that they weren't interested in me I'm like oh, goodbye like I'm not here to chit chat I think I cut it off <laughs> pretty quickly actually but what I actually recall mm. is if you have a good conversation going that night if you don't get to that like let's meet up level yeah then forget it's it. over the next day, uh, it's forget over forget it the next day you're, you're done <laughs> Yeah, it was very much like you have to complete the transaction that night. If the conversation's going well, (laughs) do not wait. Because the next day. I agree
0: with you. Me and
2: everyone else is going to be swiping on the next person.
0: Okay, so you went on 800 first dates, and obviously you don't need to give an exact percentage, but like how much would you ballpark turned into second or third? Like went beyond the first date?
2: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yes, would I give a guy a second chance if like I felt like nothing was wrong? We all want that feeling a little more than that, though. You want to be excited about someone you want i'll never forget and he was a nice guy and he was very into me and i i thought he was sweet he was a good looking dude but something felt off and actually he had mentioned to me that his i asked him because he was divorced i said what was like the best quality of your wife and he was like she was pretty for some reason that rubbed me the wrong way so much because i'm like really that's you're just gonna judge someone at that moment off the best person and i remember he wanted to meet up after he had to work something didn't feel right and i ended up going to a friend's birthday party that night and because of happen the other app i matched up with this different guy who ended up being in that neighborhood that night and i wasn't exclusive with the other guy Hmm. i was dating so i met him the next day i hit it off with him so much and i walked away being like this is how it's supposed to feel and i feel like i'll never forget that experience because you can date someone for however long and it just you can keep riding that wave but if it doesn't hit you right away you kind of I feel like mm, this isn't
1: necessarily going anywhere or why am i why am i feeling my i feeling don't doubt yourself but i feel like that didn't answer julie's question which is like of the 800 first dates what percentage of those turned into something more than a first date it's one out of every two weeks basically oh probably, one out of four yeah one of every one two weeks, out of I'd every say. two weeks okay and then of those how many turn into relationships oh i was not the relationship type No, I was, (laughs) my longest relationship was
2: probably like four months Ryan was like, uh, that's worrisome. Again, I was that person that I'd rather date and see what's out there then commit to something that I know wasn't mm. going to be sustainable. I was very content with being single. I mean, that's all I knew from. So I was okay with that life versus, you know, the people who jump from relationships to relationships. Mm. Oh, I still to this day don't understand relationships where you're with a guy for a year and you don't talk about whether you want kids or this, or just like big life changing stuff. I don't, it blows my mind how you don't have like the conversations. So yeah, if I don't see you lasting long-term, I couldn't be with them.
0: So basically, very few of them became actual relationships.
2: Yes, and I could probably still count on my um, two hands how many guys I actually liked.
0: Okay, so how did you decide this is someone that, I mean, we're going to go into your husband, like, but how did you like know to keep going versus to give someone a chance?
2: Being in New York City, I think you kind of have the people who are career driven, and I love that. And I, I was that type of girl where I said I have to work late. As long as he respectfully was respectful of my time. And I was said, communication, honesty, and respect. Like those three things were like non-negotiable. Like if you were working late, you couldn't send me a text earlier that night to say I have to cancel. Like, you don't respect my time. But, like, I don't mind that you work late because I respect that you have a career and I think it's great. And especially in their mid-20s, you know, these guys are trying to establish themselves. I wasn't that girl that, oh, he doesn't have time for me and this and that. No, I didn't care about that stuff. So, yeah, I was in the right place living in Manhattan, I think, in terms of finding the guy who cared about his career. But at the same time, they didn't have time for me at that point. So I don't think I... I think expecting to be in a relationship or being long-term or ending up with someone when you're in your mid-20s in a city like that, I think is more challenging because these guys actually say, I want to establish my career first before I feel like I can settle down. And I actually find that
1: honorable. Well, it's good to set the scene here too, because when I knew Brooke, when I lived in New York, dating apps were not a thing. And shortly after I left, Tinder kind of took over the city and Brooke was like, this is the best fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. She was like, <laughs> I can go on
2: dates. There's an
1: app called Peanut. I don't know if you're
2: familiar with that, but it's for moms. I'm in London now as a mother and you can swipe left and right on moms and then match in your neighborhood. And everyone who knows me, are like, this is perfect for you. But it's the funniest thing judging women. You're like, oh, she's not my type. Oh, and some of my like
1: great friends here now are from the peanut app. So yes, it still goes on, everyone. <laughs> still in all the apps. So you still like the apps. You're the app queen. What I'm gathering is when you were doing online dating in New York, when you were swiping in New York, it was purely for fun? Was that the intention?
2: No, I wouldn't say that. I would say I enjoyed the process probably more so than most people did. I treated dating as a hobby. And I mm-hmm. thought that again, you asked me what TV shows did I watch? I'm like, why would I watch TV? Like I, I didn't sit on my couch. I would go out and I'd go out and meet people. i go out ever, almost every single night. I wasn't a big drinker either. I find ways to get guys to pay me to buy my dinners. To me, I argued it was cheaper than drinks. I joke. I have a personality that doesn't require alcohol. I actually prefer guys who like don't need to get drunk to be around me either. But yes, I would go out every night and yes, would I have a drink? Sure. Sometimes I'd say I needed water or whatever, but I would always find a way to basically go out. And I enjoyed the process of meeting people. I guess I'm more of an extrovert. I like to be social. So to me, it was a no brainer. And there was a guy who I dated for three months who I wasn't sure about. And this is another reason why I said, let me go out and date because I'm like, all right, I actually met him off match.com. I ended up meeting him and I'm like, wow, he was really impressive. And I dated him for three months. And this is probably why I gave every guy a chance because I was not excited going into that date. So it's like, you never know who you're going to meet. You never know who's going to wow you.
0: Mm. There was another
2: guy who funny enough also lived in London. And I'm like, what's the point? Like this guy doesn't even live here. And I got so annoyed at him. He was joking around and taxed. I'm like, why am I even wasting my time with you? And it was like, again, my attitude going in was awful. I met him and I was like, this guy's hilarious. And he was so much fun and nothing ever happened, obviously, but you never know until you meet someone. So I just always felt like, yeah. okay, what are we really, truly judging each other on, on a dating app? And I tell this to my girlfriends who like, again, everyone can get dejected and like the process is draining and oh this guy is such a dick pic and all like it's so easy to just like want to check out and say you know what I want to wear sweats I want to sit on my couch I'm over Kick it into high gear. Go out. And again, I didn't meet my husband that way, but I learned what I wanted and what I didn't want. I had great stories. I mean, like, get up and just not take it too seriously, but go in with an open mind.
0: You know, I can relate to what you're saying, like as being in a relationship for now for a year and a half, I do kind of miss just like meeting new people and like the what can happen mentality. You don't get that anymore unless unless you're on peanut. I guess that's another way. <laughs> uh, outside of, you know, the good stuff that I think what you just said is really important. For people to hear that there is a lot of good that comes from dating, like what other context is someone just so willing to go meet up with you? Like, what else did you enjoy about dating?
2: Well, I will say too, and not to say it, and society standards now but as a woman you don't always have to or necessarily are expected to pay so you're not giving up your money you're giving up your time and maybe some makeup (laughs) and an outfit for the night like a little energy that's all but yes for the most part for men I would say you're it's a little more problematic I feel bad for them if they go on these bad dates and they still are gentlemanly enough to pay which is great I mean obviously I've been on my share of dates obviously where these men are like uh in my line can I just tell you when the bill comes you say, can I help leave something? That's what I always would say in terms of, because I'm offering. I always offer. But the way I phrase it, I always find that like, no, no, it's okay. I got it. And sometimes, obviously, the guys would say, yeah, yeah you can leave the tip. Or, yeah, you can split it. And, of course, every girl cringes when they're like, oh, You want a gentleman. Let's be real. We all want a man who can at least afford to have freaking pay for her first day to make a good impression let's be real you
1: might have a hard time dating in 2022 <laughs> i'll say <Yeah>. that <laughs> i don't yeah I, I don't think uh, get treated anymore it's not like that anymore really? yeah so
2: chivalry is
1: dead well i mean no it's not saying that i'm not saying that it's not about chivalry i think it's just like the gender generals have. yeah it's oh, right. definitely switched Ugh. and i think in new york you probably see more of that but who wants to date now forget this <laughs>
0: It sounds like, you know, like, obviously, there was a lot of really fun that came with dating. Were there ever times that you were just like, I am so burnt out. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do this. I just want to meet someone. Or did that thought never really go through your head?
2: It always went through my head. Every night, I'd be like, tomorrow might be the day that I meet someone like it always was th- I never gave up hope. How about that? I put in the effort. I did the time I paid my dues. But I never, ever gave up hope that every time I go on Tinder, that the next guy I'd swipe, could be the one. And I, mm. yes, I treat it as a hobby. Yes, I found it fun. But I did take it seriously because at the end of the day, yes, I wanted to find the man of my dream. But I remember my, um, my cousin, I'll never forget. He's like, why can't you just date an average guy? And I'm like, I don't look average. I don't want to like i never wanted to feel like i was settling and in a lot of ways like i obviously then maybe boils down to confidence it's not that i thought i was the hottest girl out there it's that i had standards for myself that i respected and that i looked for and wanted and i did not have to sacrifice much of anything with the man that i ended up with and i'm so thankful and we say we love each other four or five times a day we look at each other like i'm so happy with how Life turned out, and that's why I think I can reflect back and say, Yes, all of it was worth it. Every single bad first date and good first date. And I do think so too, whether it was age or again, all the dating I did. I did make my husband likes to say a compromise, not a, a sacrifice to meeting. He's not perfect in every way, The the situation wasn't perfect. I mean, in a perfect world, would I still be in New York? Maybe. But at the same time, I've embraced mm. this chapter that I've moved to in London, and it was all about timing. I don't think if I met Ryan earlier and he told me he was divorced with a child, and I'd have to move to London Hmm. to be with him, I would have been like, swipe left. (laughs) And especially if you put that in a bio on a dating app, holy crap,
1: I'd be like, no way. (laughs) Let's get to your husband then. Because do you think you would have swiped on your husband if you saw him on an app?
2: I would have 100% swiped. I mean, I find him attractive, but I would not have any expectations. And that's the thing. Like, you, we've all probably seen guys who said, I don't live here, but they're attractive. And you say, okay, you're here for a few days or a week. And yeah, I'll be your plus one to this or that and show you around and... But the, the expectation level of it actually continuing would not be there. And I remember Ryan and I had this like fairy tale first week. And he's like, I'm coming back for you. I'm like, okay. But no, he, he did. The next day he said I booked a flight for two weeks. And to be fair, you know, Ryan was working in the U.S. and it was his company. So he was able to fly back pretty frequently. Now for most people, yes, it's probably not as sustainable. And we were able to build a relationship because he was in New York so frequently. So that helped, obviously. It wasn't just... Wait, how
0: did you two meet in the first place?
2: How did we meet? So this was one of those nights, one of those stories where like, I wasn't supposed to go out and he wasn't supposed to. So basically, it was Memorial Day weekend on uh, 2017... And funny enough, my friend, Kat, who you know, she actually, I remember, was supposed to fly to Florida. Her flight got canceled. And she's like, the day of, that Sunday. She's like, I'm going to go get tickets to a show. Do you want to come? I was visiting with my grandpa who's in a hospice, and I was so close to saying, Mom, you always say how I never come home for the weekends. You know, it's Sunday. Maybe I'll come home that Monday. She got tickets to a show. I'm like, all right. So I went in, went out with a bunch of girlfriends who are still in the city. Now, the city clears out on the weekends. Everyone knows it's Memorial Day weekend. Everyone goes out east to the Hamptons. It's all filled with tourists. So we went to a couple bars and we started out. We had a fun time. And then one of the bars we went to was dead. And I'm like, you know what? Let's just go to the standard beer garden. This is where all the tourists go. Like, it's going to be the only crowded place. Let's end up there. Ryan, on the other hand, was having a fun day out with his friend. He was in town, obviously, and in London, like, he doesn't have a driver's license, he doesn't drive. And in London, when you go out, you don't need ID. So he went, he tried to get into Lebane, which is in the bee packing. And they're like, we need to see ID. He's like, are you kidding me? Like, look at me. So he had to go all the way back. He actually really wanted to go to this place, apparently, versus trying somewhere else. So he went all the way back to Midtown to go get his passport. Comes all the way back downtown. And he goes out of the cab with his friend, goes to the bar, walks his way. And he's like, oh, my God. I left my passport in the cab, <gasps> which is a big deal. Yeah. So he ended up finding a way to sneak into the standard beer garden. Now I still remember standing at the uh-huh. bar and I looked around. Obviously we all scope out, right? And I see this guy talking to girls. I'm like, he's cute. I look around. Okay, he's cute. I'm standing and the guy the second guy who I thought was cute, like works his way towards me and says, oh, I could feel his presence on me and actually I said the first words, I said Do you need to get a drink? He says, I do. Do you want one? And the rest is history. But now he did say, though, that a light was shining on him. that night and I'm like you sure it wasn't the pendant light that was like shining on me and he said no it it was like a love at first sight moment for him and like he (laughs) texted me the next day we actually had a double date with his other friend and my friend Kat turned out it was his mother's birthday that day and his mother passed away like a few months prior so
0: this was really a random encounter like just two random people at a bar no connections right I think what's interesting about this is you said it like I probably would have found him attractive on a dating app, but I maybe wouldn't have invested in this. But because you right. met him in a chance encounter, you had a different uh-huh. way of looking at it. How do you think, though, all your years dating prepared you for this moment? Do you think <laughs> that it kind of came down to Yes,
2: it? I do think so. It's almost like if at the end of the day, think of going on a job interview and going on 800 interviews. Don't you think you're going to get some experience of like, talking to the, the, the person hiring you I mean you're basically I think I gained so much comfort level talking to guys I also worked in sports and I was very comfortable like schmoozing with guys and you know shooting shit whatever so I just felt like when I was out with them it got to a point we all gained certain confidence at some point in ourselves but I just like I stopped caring about certain things and just let go a little more and just kind of joked around and mm. I think I just was more comfortable talking to guys um, at some point too and less insecure about the things that maybe you should be insecure Care about. I just, this is who I am, or I'll
1: take it or leave it. Like, that was kind of where you got or where I was at. What made this interaction and relationship different than the ones you've had where it was like three or four months? Yeah. This one is lasting where we're seeing now the trajectory is a lifetime.
2: Yeah. No, he came on very strong, but in like a charming, gentlemanly, like kind of like swept me off my feet way to the point where my friends were almost like worrisome about how he was coming out strongly at me. And I'm like, but I knew he was genuine. And then to me, at the end of the day, it was just so unheard of so something we've just never I think every girl wants this man who just knows what to say and do in the right situation just treated you like gold and just and we clicked we had we had things in common we had common goals and I remember too actually when he came back that second time after our, our fairy tale week he we was staying at his hotel and he said like can I get a key for my girlfriend and I'm like whoa like hold on like in my mind I'm just like wait a minute what in what world is like one week of like fairy tale day?" equate to a girlfriend so it freaked me out a little I think then we went up to his room and I remember just like hugging him and there was just this like connection of warmth and like I just it felt right and I I actually put in my wedding vow which you can see this photo but I put in my vow to my stepson I remember when Ryan gave him the phone and I got off the phone and I told him Saul and, and my wedding speech I said I got off the phone and I knew I'm like I'm gonna be this kid's stepmom it's just like something just felt different this time mm. it's one of those weird feelings like when you know you know he wanted me to, to meet his stepson a couple months later and I had girlfriends who said like no it's too soon like this is weird mm. I'm like but if I'm not showing commitment to him why would he show commitment to me so it's like you gotta mm. like I kind of pushed mm. forward a little Further, and he told me he loved me like three weeks in. I'm like, I remember all I said was, I'm in this fairy tale with you. That's what I said. So,
0: yeah. That's a good response. Two, three
2: months. I told him I knew I loved him. And the other thing I knew I loved him is when I was comfortable talking to my mom about him because she would nag and ask about Mm. all these dates. I don't think she knew about a good chunk of the ones that I wanted. But when I mentioned Ryan, I'm like, like I could talk to you about this one. Like it just felt right. I felt comfortable.
0: You said something really interesting earlier that, you know, you had certain criteria and he on paper didn't necessarily meet them. I mean, some of them, the height was there, but like you wouldn't have necessarily gone for someone when that lived in London or you were gonna be a step parent. Yeah. Like what do you think changed for you over the years of what you actually looked for in a partner?
2: Well, I think we all get to a certain age where, and this is where I'd say now, I was still single, and I unfortunately have friends who are still kind of struggling in New York. I would have to give up. I would be willing to give up that i'd be willing to give up certain things the location like because at the end of the day again you just want someone who's going to be compatible you want someone who's going to treat you right so yeah i think time just changed i mean i was in the same job for and i love my work but same job for a while same apartment single it was like something's got to give here so i think at that point Mm. and i met ryan and he said i'd have to move to london now the, the side note is that this is a short chapter. Like We both were on the same page about wanting to end up in California. He's Canadian. He's not British. He has no family here. So to me, in my mind, okay, this is like a bonus chapter where I can like live in a foreign country mm. for a little while. This wasn't forever. And that, I think, helped, too, is that I the opportunity to come back home was still there. We were both on the same page about that. So I, I'm viewing mm. London life as like, okay, we're here a few years, and we talk about Every single day about wanting to move to California. So we're at least on the same page with that. But it was scary at the beginning because I knew I'm like, okay, here I have this like comfort in my life in New York. And the only way this is going to work out because you're going to step the sun is that I'd have to move. So I had to come to grips with that, you know, mindset of, yeah, my life is going to be uprooted. But I was at a place in my life where I felt like it was okay. It was time.
1: Let the gummies work their magic. Head to viahemp.com and use a code DATEABLE to receive 15% off and one free sample of their sleepy dream gummies. That's viahemp.com and use a code DATEABLE at checkout.
0: Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from VIAHEMP. We are so excited to share with you our new podcast, Exit Interview.
1: He upgraded himself to business class while I was in economy. Wait, what? what? There's feedback that will make you cringe. She could
2: be a little bit hard-headed, like not reading the writing on the wall.
1: And feedback that will make you swoon. When
0: she said that she had feelings for you.
1: I had no idea. Really? And maybe you'll learn a thing or two yourself about how you can be a better dater, lover, or partner. Obviously, like, you is gonna learn something. I didn't expect This. Welcome to Exit Interview.
0: Listen to Exit Interview on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: And you talk about your place in life. What was your place in life in terms of dating? Were there other people in orbit at this time that you met Ryan? To be fair, there was a guy who I met just
2: prior who I was like all excited about who lived in Florida. And I was actually like, okay, if I had to move to Florida, I'll move to Florida. And he sent a message after we had met and it's like, you know, the likelihood that this is going to work out is like pretty minimal. And it just like deflated me. And I'm just like, Ugh, why am I doing this? And mm. I think that kind of helped me with Ryan, because I was kind of mm. jaded by the whole process that I didn't come on that strong to Ryan. I was like, okay, like this isn't going to do anything. So for a guy, I almost think if I was like a little over eager with him, that might have turned him off a little. Like who knows? I do think there is some truth to coming on too strong. That's a turnoff. But yeah. And of course there was a, a couple of guys to would reach out. I mean, when I met Ryan were there guys that kind of tried to reappear? Absolutely. But I'm like, where were you months ago? You know, like, clearly you weren't looking for anything serious at the time. And now I've moved on. And that's like a, a powerful feeling to say, like, you know, the hookup buddy that just like, couldn't commit. Like, no, your time's done. Like,
0: So serial dating, you know, definitely has its benefits. Like you said earlier, you get to, you know, experience a lot of people get more comfortable, find out what works for you in terms of personality and qualities. But I could also see the amount of dates that you went on almost becoming like more confusing what you're looking for also. How did you kind of navigate like honing in on what was important versus just being like, oh my God, I've met so many people. I can't even keep them straight anymore.
2: Right. Well, that I think, you know, I get critique from my mother It'd be the same thing. It's like, how do you even know if you like a person if you're constantly like disposing them? And I think that boils back to the whole, you know, when you know, kind of thing. I mean, yes, was towards later in my life, would I be more open-minded to seeing guys again? Yeah. But to be fair, the guys wouldn't text me about meeting up again. You know, it's a two way street, obviously, you know, you can hint at all you want. That was great. You know, I had fun. We should do it again. And if they're not going to ask you out, they're not going to ask you out. I still feel like at the end of the day, it was still more beneficial than not as far as, you know, my time. I only think maybe I just cut people off probably too soon mm. if I didn't feel it right away. And that you can argue is probably a byproduct of the dating world we're in because of the the options. I mean, let's be real. Again, New York, if you didn't hit it off right away, well, of course you would just say well, the grass is greener. And that's part of the problem. Obviously, as you guys know, with dating in a big city is that, you know, everyone the options right. are just always there. I didn't have that problem in New York. And that's why everyone doesn't want to commit because then there's always the next person to swipe on. So. so
1: what I'm hearing is Ryan came into the picture at a time where you were a little bit jaded by this previous guy but also set you up to be open to moving so that was key and also ryan seemed to drive the situation quite a bit he came on strong in the sense that he was very open and clear about how much he liked you in fact it was love at first sight aside from ryan was there anybody else in those 800 dates (laughs) that showed this type of initiative
2: Were there guys? Yeah. And um, it probably turned me off. It probably scared me. I mean, if I was younger and a guy came on this strong, I think I, I... Maybe I had a guy's mentality. Maybe I wasn't ready to settle in as much as I thought I was. But with the right person, I remember there was a guy when I was 24. I thought like, I'm in love. That's it. We're going to get married and I'm done. Like this worked out perfectly. Look how easy this is. Like, and of course, he dumped me after like two months because he only wanted a summer fling. I was like, we have our naive moments when we're young. We think that, like that world's going to end. Oh my God, you broke up with me. I'm done. But yeah, in terms of like, again, dating back in the day, I can't say I, I there's one guy that stands out, to be honest, as far as that.
0: I guess how long in total were you doing the serial dating thing? Was it like a decade or? It was like a decade. It was a decade.
2: <laughs> it was, oh, I moved to Manhattan. <laughs> I mean, again, I didn't, my longest relationship before Ryan was like four months. So you talk, that's why I'm like, when I crunched the numbers, I wish I truly kept track because that actually might be more than 800. I don't even know. I am taking a
0: guess. <laughs> We got an even th- 1,000. <laughs> I mean, you might as
2: well. I think 800 sounds more realistic though, <laughs> just to round up. Yeah, no, I'd say from what, to age 20, the Three, I moved into the Manhattan. I met Ryan at 31. So yeah, it's almost a solid mm. decade of dating and I wouldn't trade it in for anything. That's the best part. I think like I would even encourage my kids, mm-hmm. go to Manhattan, go enjoy your life. Like don't settle down so quickly. I mean, I, the only thing I wish, of course, is that I had more time with Ryan before we had kids.
0: At the beginning, you said that you would go on like a couple dates a day. What was the most that you did? Did you double book, triple book, quadruple book? <laughs> Take us through that.
2: One of my friends still joke, I don't you remember this but she was like i love when you had the guy walk you from one day to the next i was like i did that oh my <laughs> i think the guy just wanted to go for a walk i was like you want to walk i'll show you a walk yeah bring me to the next guy.
0: oh my god what'd you say when you like lost him were you just like you have to leave now because i'm going on a date <laughs> i know of course not. but yeah i'm
2: just like all my friends and like, thanks for walking but yeah how did i do it i mean i i basically i did a brunch on a Saturday. And then I went to drinks before I met up with girlfriends on a Saturday night. I mean, if it was a guy I met already, maybe I would meet up with a different guy or tell another guy to come meet up with me and my friends while we're out. I mean, like, yeah, you can definitely like you can maximize your day for sure. I mean, did I mention an (laughs) afternoon activity? There's something you can do there. I
0: mean, how'd you balance it like with your life, like your friends? Yeah, family work? How did you do it?
2: Work Well, like I said, I I love my job. I was the a TV producer in New York. But yeah, I worked from nine to five. And my job, again, let me out at five. So I'm at the gym at six o'clock on the elliptical texting with someone. I mean, like at nighttime, like I said, I wasn't watching much television or if I was, I'm still in a dating app. Yeah, I'd meet up with friends a bunch. <laughs> Thursday, Friday, Saturday would kind of be like on my girl's nights. We'd have happy hours. And I think Friday we'd, we'd take a break maybe. And But yeah, I, I'd always invite a guy out of i thought it would be like if it wasn't worth a date and i thought okay i'm out bring your friend that would be another thing I'd be like you bring your guy friends i like, I love matchmaking by the way that's why i'm like okay let's let's see if your so friends you were just
0: my- on the go like always i never you were just that. like constantly go 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 okay yes that makes sense which is
2: why it's so funny that my life now is like i'm so content doing nothing like i literally can barely put on jeans i'm like oh
0: you gotta rest after 10 years a decade yeah all that all those days
2: <laughs> I know I don't know if it was COVID that just like knocked me out and I'm good or motherhood or like my prior life but like I'm a shell of what I once was and I'm completely fine with that I'm like Ryan and I we have the two kids on the bed and I'm like this is exactly where I want to be so yeah I've earned this Aww. life I tell you <laughs>
0: So I have a question for you, because I could hear people saying like, OK, you like dating. It was your hobby. We get that. But then there were some of these people that you've said, I didn't really see anything. So I invited them out with my friends or I knew they live far away. But hey, I'll just meet them anyways with no expectations. Right. Why even go for those people versus saying like, OK, they're not actually in the place of someone I could date
2: for the story. I always like would say it's worth a good story. And that's actually part of like what I loved about this online dating world. Like there were famous people you'd match with baseball players. Like just like like, like certain things in the, the world that I was living in that I felt like one guy who I matched with, I'm still friendly with today. I actually wasn't even like attracted to him. He wasn't my type. He looked like a soap opera star. He's a football player. I actually set him up with another friend. I'm like and he came out with his friends. His friend dated my friend for a while. It's just like you never know who you meet, who you can like mingle with, and then where the night can take you. Looking back now, I mean sure there's plenty of stories I don't remember because obviously there were a lot of dates so but yeah one of the I started writing a book actually and like in between each chapter were like many chapters of like these awful dates that are just so memorable do you
1: recall a funny dating mishap story like where we're alluding to with double booking or triple booking? I have
2: funny stories. The guy passed out in the bathroom when we were at a restaurant. and the waitress came over and said, "Uh, I'm sorry, I think your date's like fallen or as uh, the oh
0: my god,
2: passed out." Yeah, he was drunk. <laughs> Another guy, he was so drunk he was like feeding pigeons on the date he ordered me like a cheap beer before I even got there I'm like okay that's not necessarily what I would have not to say i would have gone for an expensive drink I'm just saying he just was like clearly just off something wasn't right with but
1: do you remember like actually double booking and two people show up on a date oh, I was good with that I was like I had my shit together she with- had
0: her tracks better than that's that that's very
2: impressive if you yeah I'm telling you I was like I I joked I needed a secretary but I think I got it like <laughs> oh
0: my god what I'm gathering though from you and correct me if I'm wrong, like these dating mishaps that the guy passed out or whatever, it still didn't get you down. Like it was just a funny story. Or did you feel discouraged by it?
2: I mean, yes, don't get me wrong. I'm sure there are times where I'm like, I can't keep doing this. Like, we've all had those moments. And I'm sure, and looking back, yes, I want to believe that I didn't. Yeah, it can be discouraging, especially when there's a guy you liked and he didn't reach out again. Yeah, we've all, like, had the ups and downs. But, again, I I boil it back to the hope. There's always that hope that the next guy who you meet was going to be the one who can, like, Mm -hmm. sweep you off your feet. But, yeah, I'd still try to go out. I, I did not have much success meeting guys out to be honest. The fact that I met my husband at a bar and I have a story, that's what I love. And again, I'm all about story.
0: Yeah. What advice would you have for the people that, you know, might be feeling discouraged of going on date after date? Like you just said it a little of keeping that hope, but like, what would you tell someone or your past self in this moment?
2: Yeah, I would say just go in with an open mind and treat it like, again, a night out that you can walk away with a good story. You can walk away with your husband, most likely not, but at least you walk away with something more unique than just sitting on, like I said, the couch. I think you, at the end of the day, you have to be willing to put yourself out there to get anything. If you don't do that, then you're not going to have any experiences.
0: Yeah, I think this was such a good conversation. I will say your approach is definitely very different than sometimes (laughs) what we talk about. We always say it's not a numbers game, but you know what I'm gathering from this, though. I mean, you know, I think you ultimately need to do what works for you. Like if you're an extrovert and you get energized by dating, date. What I love about this Mm -hmm. convo, Brooke, is that dating was energizing to you. And I think we can get so down on dating, but we really need to look at like this, I'm Connecting with another human being. I'm getting to know someone new. I'm going to a new place. Like this is fun. This is better than watching TV or sitting on my couch, not interacting with anyone. Like I think we're so down on it. But what dating can bring, and you know, you never know where you're gonna meet someone. And that's why I hate when people are like, I won't do apps, I won't meet in person. Like just be open because you were an app person primarily. And now you met someone you met your husband in real life. So it's like you just never know. So, why cut out any avenue? Like, why not just be open to where you're going to actually meet them? It's very rejuvenating and the more you can learn from your experiences and keep an open mind and stay positive about it, like that's going to bring someone into your life ultimately.
1: You said it better than I could have ever. (laughs) Yeah. My takeaway is that sounds extremely exhausting and right, Julie. I think it's like people just have to find what works for them. Yeah, People do not energize me, so therefore I would not be (laughs) doing that. But if people truly energize you like they do with Brooke, it feels like people feed your energy. And that's a great thing if you know that to explore that a little bit more. I would also say that Brooke's story isn't so much proving that it's a numbers game. I think it's it's proving that open-mindedness works. You did not meet your husband on the apps, so it wasn't about those 2,300 messages on Tinder. But because you got the reps in of being open-minded and just seeing hmm. what else is out there, like I'm open to being surprised and delighted tonight. Mm-hmm. Let's see what happens. That is what what helps us open our hearts to the potential and you had these deal breakers probably from your early 20s that slowly went away and said I don't need to be so tied to New York I don't need to be so tied to this idea mm. I'm open for that person who's willing to treat me like gold like you said right. so it becomes more about the person and not so much like these deal breakers that we make without actually meeting the person
2: at the end of the day too it comes to self-respect knowing what you want knowing what you deserve and putting in the time and the effort and not being dejected not like letting things get you down again i mentioned hope like just always feeling like there's hope that the next guy you swipe on the next guy you meet can be the one to sweep you off your feet even if you walk in with your expectations or like thinking oh here we go again like another bad date no because like i said there were dates that i went on that i walked away thinking like wow that was way better than I could have ever imagined so Mm -hmm. those were the days that gave me hope to keep swiping and to keep going out there and like I said I think my confidence level of just or the lack of care at a certain point of saying you know what take it or leave it this is who I am just kind of brought me to to the man of my dreams and I'm very happy and I'm a success story and I couldn't be more grateful for my experiences in this dating world I have no shame and I probably should (laughs) I joke and I say it all the time and my stepson knows how many dates I went on And he's like, really, are you kidding me? (laughs) But yeah, I I think because I have the success story, I don't I don't have a problem with how I got here.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, every experience is helping you out on your journey. And the more that you can just look at it as the journey that you're going on and the fact that it gave you the confidence, it gave you the interaction skills, the relational skills, like all that. You just can't do that by sitting at home and not interacting with anyone. So I do really love this mentality of like, how do I start to, you know, get to know myself, be more comfortable all that and using dating as that growth mechanism
2: And like i mentioned the job interview thing like again how many job interviews do you go on where you finally feel like i'm confident i can talk to this recruiter this boss whoever and tell you my spiel and this is who i am and this is why i should get the job and that's like
1: you either want me or you don't want me (laughs) that's how it should be oh yeah just not caring just not caring what people think don't care This is your life. (laughs) Well, we care about your life. We care about you. Your story. Very excited to have connected with you and finally got to the bottom of how you and your husband met. If I just motivated one girl to get off the couch. That's all it takes. (laughs) An angel gets
0: his wings. Yes.
1: Thank you guys for having me. Thank you, Brooke, for this conversation. Well, we'll be on the lookout for your book whenever you can finish
2: that. Yes, whenever I can like get these kids to school and I have time to be me again. Yes, absolutely. There you go.
1: There will be time. For all of our listeners, thank you so much for supporting Dateable. If you want to get your reps in, you go on a, uh, you know, no. Give us a rating and review in Apple Podcasts. That five stars looks really good right now. You can just <laughs> tap that and uh, write something fun and sweet and loving because, you know, that's how you can get your reps in with finding love. And we are here to help you all find love. OK, we're going to wrap up this episode. Stay,
0: Stay- day-
1: And most importantly, remember to stay dateable.